part of me was like, will we come back? Will there be PBL after this? You know, who knows what was going to happen with that? This is High Tech High Unboxed. I'm Alec Patton. Two weeks ago, we came to the end of our four-part series about Cheltenham School District's mission to bring PBL to Cheltenham High School, a 135-year-old public school just outside Philadelphia. There's a link to the full series in the show notes, and if you haven't listened to the series yet, start there. This episode won't make very much sense without it. That series ended in January 2020, but Cheltenham's PBL program did not end there. It just changed a lot, like everything else. So last week, we got together a group of people who were there for the whole thing to bring the story up to date. I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Karen Shepard. I teach 11th grade and 12th grade project-based learning at Cheltenham High School. Hi, I'm uh, Brian Riley. I am the director of STEM for the uh, Cheltenham School District. I'm Simon. I'm a Cheltenham graduate, and now I'm a freshman at uh, Thomas Jefferson University. Hi, I'm Joanna Stella. I'm ninth grade biology PBL teacher. My name is Mike Quaz, Project-Based Learning Social Studies, Cheltenham High School. Hi, I'm Randy Shearer. I work at the HTH GSE and at HTH in professional learning and with the Unbox team. And I think I've been working with the Cheltenham crew since uh, their first visit to High Tech High. We picked up the story from when the district closed its schools in March 2020. At first, we thought it was temporary. Nothing happened. We had no school. We were posting assignments such as it was on our learning platforms. And then I'm not going to remember exactly how long, so help me out, everybody else. At some point, it became clear that we were staying home and that we were going to do some version of online learning. If I'm remembering correctly, we didn't have live classes that first go round, right? We had check-in days that were optional. Is that right? Yeah, so we, we were the first district, actually, um, at least the first in Montgomery County. I'm not sure about the state, but we were the first to, to close. And then uh, the governor uh, closed the rest of the state a couple days later. And that's when we realized that, that this wasn't going to be short-lived. And we went to a, uh, as, as asynchronous and, and remote as you could get, um, because we just weren't ready for it. I remember Karen mentioning something via email or text, and I was thinking somewhat along these lines, but didn't really finalize the thought on it, is that this could be our shining moment. But we weren't, we didn't know how we were going to get back in touch with the kids. And that was, that was probably the most frustrating thing. And uh, somebody else can jump in there, but that's what I remember about it most. We lost connection with so many students like actually lost connection with a lot of our students um because there was a lack of you know um, actual you know face-to-face interaction um some of our students due to various situations we we barely emailed with them so i think for many of us it became survival as opposed to let's see how we can innovate as much as possible at that moment when we were going through the height of what does asynchronous look like? What does um, remote learning, what the, uh, you know, like, what does this, what does this all mean? And, you know, at the same time, also try to understand how are we going to juggle our own home lives with everything that was happening? I think one of the first things we did to try to feel like we were still a PBL cohort was 
I had seen there was a, a challenge, an online challenge on Instagram by the Getty Museum, I think it was, in L.A., challenging people to recreate artwork at home with whatever they could find. And so I got in touch with the Philly Museum and asked if they would sponsor us to start a, a local version of that using their collection, which was all online. So we, I challenged the kids to, to recreate something in the Philly collection home. They, they were so amazing what they made. I mean, like really beautiful work. Some of it really simple. Uh, some recreated, you know, uh, surrealist paintings and photography. I, mean, I, I could tell that people were hungry for something to do that felt creative. And, um, and then they posted it uh, on the district Instagram page and then the Philly Museum posted it too. And that was kind of cool. Now, Karen, was that in the spring or in the fall? Because oh, that was in the spring, I think, wasn't it? Because we, I was not, we were not, a, I forget exactly how it worked, but I know at least with my subject, and I think it was bio as well in English, where we had to do the same thing as all the other English and social studies and bio teachers when we came back, when we, you know, we had a month off completely, nothing. And then when they finally got all the pieces together to go online, that's what we did. Oh, I, I do remember there being a little bit of a kerfuffle about that. And some parents got involved because we were, you're right, we were told to put aside PBL and align with our non-PBL subject area teams. You're right, you're right, you're right. And I remember thinking, oh, this could be, you know, will we, and part of me was like, will we come back? Will there be PBL after this? You know, who knows what was going to happen with that? And Simon, did you know about this, that it was like no PBL? Um, no, I, I never knew that. Well, I knew that we're kind of shifting towards more of like a normal school learning situation, but I didn't know that um, it was like that important. I thought that we were still going to try our best to have projects and stuff. Yeah, for the end of that year, I really don't remember a lot. Everything's kind of blurred together. So I get a lot of things in like senior year mixed up with um, what happened in junior year. Do you remember making a picture based on yeah yeah that project i enjoyed that project because um it was it was different than like if we were in person obviously but everybody did something creative and nobody really like just took like a random picture and used that everybody tried on it which i like to see because in a lot of online school people don't try at the time what was your what was your picture it was a painting of um, somebody holding up a sword. So I used a, um, a sword that I built for a project, like a school project back in the day. And I, I like went on Photoshop and tried to make it kind of look like a painting. Okay, so, so that was the spring. It sounds like fall kind of PBL came back. When did that decision get made? I, I'll tell you, even, even going to, to, to answer your, your previous question, prompt uh, Alec um, PBL was was nowhere near the the front of our thought process uh, from an admin side um, it, it, it was a matter of can we get 4,000 kids to learn anything uh, while schools closed um, and and so that that blur of what's going on continued um, the the spring of 2020 through the summer to the start of that next school year was was essentially in, in my mind all one day 
Um, we were just doing the same thing over and over and over again, um, trying to get everybody to a point where we could uh, have some sort of uh, resemblance of what school could be, uh, knowing that kids were not coming back. We had, we had known students were not going to be returning and teachers were not going to be returning to the building to start that school year. Can I put someone on the spot really quickly? This is Randy. Okay, I remember back in the summer of 2020, wondering what was going to happen with all of the work that you had done to grow a PBL program. Mm -hmm. And then here comes this pandemic. And I started reaching out to some of the people on this call right now. And I got an email back from Karen. I'm only going to read one sentence of it, which was, this is in August of 2020. Yes, thank God we are all in on PBL with an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> well, I'll I'll say this. Like I for, I forgot when we got the go ahead, but we were planning. <laughs> all right, we were planning as though we were going to go ahead, and maybe even trying to ensure that we were going to go ahead by having a project that might even involve, involve like school officials, uh, and. I looked at it again from Karen's prompt. I looked at it from the standpoint of, you know, how can we really make this work? We know what everybody did asynchronously uh, in the spring, and this this can be our moment to shine. So we just started planning, right, Joanna? And I found it to be a great opportunity to actually get to the, I'll say in a sense, the, the bare bones essence of PBL without the STEM lab, without uh, you know, the traffic of the kids and the backlog of work, uh, you know, the, the log jam that we would have at times or the bottleneck of work. And we, jo- Joanna, you can, you can chime in here. We, we, um, we kind of focused on the design process and on uh, the, um, the, the gallery walks and, and the feedback. We really did put our heads together and say um, that we were going to, we were going to make this shine as much as we could and um i mean i think that our first project was um was a success i think all our projects actually were were pretty successful and and one of the ways that we did as mike was saying we really wanted to remind people that we were here we um we were present we're trying to engage students as much as possible and to connect them not just within um the school setting the quote school setting i suppose um but also um, to each other and to uh, the community, which is what the the first project in, um, essentially was. And we we did have, and, and, and to some extent, Zoom was actually, or whatever you use, Google Meet, was actually kind of um, helpful because we were able to, quote, bring in people with some ease, actually. And they were able to be part of our classroom with not that much effort beyond just scheduling them in for our time, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, I second that emotion. We were able to have a lot of guest speakers and interactions with people outside of the school community that we would have never been able to coordinate in person. Who'd you got? Well, uh, I wish Avril was here to talk about this. She hooked us up with Johnson & Johnson, who was in the throes of developing a vaccine. Uh, We were able to get 10 employees of J&J. Oh my goodness, I'm turning it off because the... I'll turn my mic off for a sec. It's right, Karen. That's real. In case you were wondering, the late bus will be leaving in 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) 
so we had kids working in groups of three, each with a mentor from J&J from the vaccine team. And their job was to help with marketing because they had anticipated, unfortunately, accurately, the resistance they would get from certain communities about becoming, uh, you know, being vaccinated. So our kids had a really front seat view of what was happening in the real world. And we would never have been able to make that happen in class or or been able to transport them to J&J's offices. So that was pretty amazing. Wow. Wait, so were the kids helping to market the vaccine? Yeah, so they had to pick a, an audience that they wanted to reach and develop some kind of tool, social media, or they did, one, I remember a group did a podcast, one group did TikTok, a TikTok, you know, for teenagers. One did a children's book. They had to learn about vaccines, how they work, interview their mentors, and then they had, we had an exhibition, an online exhibition with all of the mentors, all of the teams. We went through all of their projects. They loved them. The, I mean, the J&J people. They were just, you know, I think, not that this has changed so much, but I think uh, the best outcome of what we're going through is that people are more likely, I would say, to help each other and, and to lift each other up. But the adults at J&J were just so thrilled to have a connection and a touch with young people and uh, give them a sense of purpose. Uh, so it was fantastic. And I, if I'm not mistaken, they actually used a couple of them, at least internally, to talk about marketing. That's so cool. Yeah, it was very cool. And other things, I don't know what speakers, I think you, you guys in nine had some local politicians come in to your classroom virtually. Yeah, we had um, Napoleon Nelson, one of our state representative. We had... We had our school board members, some school board members come in because we, they did a public service announcement. That was the project. And well, they picked something like the environment or Black Lives Matter, women's rights, all, you know, some of your main social causes. And they got to pick what they wanted and they did some research on it. And they had to do a one like a one minute public service announcement on it, you know, reaching them both on a you know intellectual level, an emotional level, you know, hitting the id and all of those, you know, going through all of those things, ethos. And the goal was to also, because it was an election year and we have ninth graders who can vote, we wanted to give them a voice and to have um, them enact um, change in their own way um, and to try to put in the forefront some issues that they felt were important and ones that should really be heavily considered when going into this election. Boy, that was good, Joanna. I'm glad you remembered that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I was, I'm looking at also for our essential question. I think our essential question was just who am I? I don't know about you guys in nine, but we were teaching to circles. We were not teaching to live humans. Yeah, it did become that. Though we did actually have in our second project, we did have a pretty awesome everyone on the camera moment. Yes, yes, I was thinking about that. That was nice. So what Joanna's talking about, it was, it was her project, the uh, Foodology Project. And we had we have a guest, guest chef, the first year we did it, guest chef came into the school. Well, we can't do that this year. So we had their kid, our kids in the, their kitchens. Uh, they, they went shopping for ingredients and some, in some cases, I think we dropped some off, didn't we, Joanna? We did. We asked the school to purchase um, food for some students who may be financially strapped. 
and we dropped either dropped it off or they came to the school to get it. Right. So all the cameras were on. And I remember this because I was trying to capture all this. So we had some some video of it, but it was great. All the kids cameras were on in their kitchens, chopping food, stirring things up, you know, frying things all with this very charismatic uh, guest chef leading, <laughs> leading the charge. And they were smiling. And that was a great moment. Yeah, that project we did, we that has had gone through many iterations. And it was one that we did fully in person. It actually pivoted pretty easily to online because instead of making anything physical or a cookbook, we we made on we made videos and we had the students cook basically come up with cooking shows on their own and they produced their own little video. We put it and then we put it onto a website. And and that that project was pretty successful for us. I think that that was that was a pretty easy pivot for us. I was very surprised, to be quite honest. And as a matter of fact, we video, we use, utilize that for both projects. And we were afraid it could get a little bit stale after a while. But we were able to break it up with other things. But there was another benefit. They could record in silence in their rooms at home. We could say, go record something and be back in 20 minutes, uh, which it was not as easy to do in a classroom setting with all the kids and all the noise and the, you know, the speaking at the same time. I wanted to shout out Kevin Coffin, who's our communications director, who came on right around when um, when uh, Corona came. But uh, so much of what we were able to do and get out to the community was because he was excellent at posting things and making sure that the community knew we were here. Uh, we were kind of like Horton, here's a who over here. We are here. We are here. We are here. Like, don't forget about us. And uh, obviously, the challenge of recruiting new students to PBL was exacerbated by not having show and tell. So he was just—he has continues to be a, a great supporter and um, cheerleader and uh, publicizer of what we're doing over here. Read. Agreed. Absolutely. And Simon, your senior year—what was going on? Actually, one of the main things was the um, the internship. That was definitely like one of my favorite parts of high school, I would say, because I honestly, I got lucky with my internship. I was working with my friend's dad, who's an artist, um, David Hart. And it was like a real, I got to actually work on physical things. We were um, learning about like designing furniture. So I built a couple chairs with him and we kind of, um, went through just learning the design process and going through iterations and stuff. But, um, it was, it felt, it didn't really feel like school. It kind of felt like the real world, I would say. So it was definitely a really good experience for me, especially in senior year, right before going into college. Yeah. You really killed that internship time. And that was amazing what you were able to accomplish under those circumstances. Yeah, it was definitely a, a good experience for me. So internship went ahead. Yes. <laughs> Surprisingly, um, we had um, most virtual. Simon said he was able to have an in-person internship. We had one other uh, pair of seniors who were working with a farmer, and they had an in-person internship, and everybody else's was virtual. Um, a couple were 
actually probably better virtual. One student was a guest blogger for a website, uh, who, uh, Fatima Ta, who wanted to be a journalist. That was a really great match and translated well to virtual. And just keeping people engaged and connected with their mentors was crazy. But having said that, everybody did something. And then we had a little window where things seemed safer in the spring. And I'm not even sure in retrospect why that was, but the district allowed us to have a, an in-person, outdoor, but in-person celebration and presentation of learning for our seniors at the end of the year, um, which was so great to be together. So good. Oh, wow. I really send them off, our little pioneer class, our first PBL class, send them off with some uh, fanfare and some, we started some new traditions. They have uh, special graduation um, scarves to denote their, that they've been PBL students and it just felt really good. One of, one of my favorite efforts I thought from that year was, was Bella's uh, work on the, the, uh, the board that she was able to hang up outside. Yeah, that was, that was tremendous. So, uh, Bella and Xavier's internship at the farm was cut short for reasons beyond their control. The, uh, the farmer had to leave the, the space where she was uh, hosting them. And they had planned to do a community garden on the farm. Um, so they really wanted to keep going with that idea. And so uh, we thought, well, let's try to do it somewhere at school. And we have this thing we call the PBL patio right out, right outside of the part of the building that we inhabit that had sort of over a few years accumulated a lot of junk and lots and lots of wasps. And uh, it had, you know, was not well loved, let's put it that way. It was kind of like the dirty area where people go out and spray paint stuff or whatever. So uh, the end of the year was spent, like, I don't know, maybe six weeks just cleaning that all out. Bella uh, power washed it. And then we got a bunch of broken furniture and pallets and they made raised garden beds. And then what Brian was just referring to was a mounted outdoor blackboard with a mural on it that opens up so that we could use the outdoor space as a classroom. And then on that day that we got together uh, to celebrate the seniors, they all signed the inside of the door. Um, so we'll, we'll have the classes do that every year from now on. That was nice. Yeah, it was really cool just to, in terms of uh, the legacy of PBL that uh, you had your, your seniors create something that uh, hopefully will last a long time. And, and they really transformed that space out there. Um, and from and what, Simon's what we, Yes, yes, exactly. But I do think uh, just, and maybe teachers can talk about this piece in terms of the challenge, because my opinion is remote's one thing, and, and we learn how to do remote uh, teaching and learning um, fairly proficiently, and, and we know we can do it in person. I think the biggest uh, mode of, of teaching and learning is the hybrid, where you have some students in front of you, some students at home, and as a teacher, you're trying to coordinate all that all at the same time. And, and in terms of PBL, I'm not sure what that experience was, was really like. I think we had the advantage because we co-teach. So we didn't, I didn't try to do that very often, have kids in front of me and at home. We took turns. So 
because we're all together with them, they would have English virtually and the kids that were here would do science with me and then we'd swap that out. I don't remember trying to do both at once very often. Sounds like you're advertising PBL as a model we should do everywhere. 100%. <laughs> we're working on it. So I'm, well, I'm curious actually about that because so that year you sent the email to Randy, we're all in on PBL. Were you worried during that year? And just to kind of be, be totally blunt about it, like, were you worried that the plug was going to get pulled? I was. I was. I mean, here, all of a sudden, we were by the nature of what needed to be done. And one of the reasons that I think that they had us all doing the same lessons, it was explained to us, like, subject wise, department wise, grade wise, was because they didn't know how many teachers would be out at any given time. So there had to be some very uniform instruction that they could plug another teacher into. So, so I, w I was concerned through that. And, and who knows what was going to happen with the budget with COVID, right? Uh, because of the economy, that it would just be easy just to have this kind of wither away without people even realizing it. And, um, but that's why I feel the, I feel the positivity of, of Karen's email to uh, Randy because when we knew it was definitely a go, it was like, yes. I think one of the things that we're always concerned about, and this is something that Mike and I were just talking about a couple hours ago, are the numbers because we are still a school within a school. It's There are some realities that we're still facing and trying to grapple with. Um, you know, our numbers are the telltale sign as to I think the true longevity of this program. And so as the ninth grade team, we do feel a certain level of responsibility to the other grade levels of making sure that we have at least around the same numbers leaving ninth grade as came in. And, and so I think last year we were really cognizant of that and really trying to make it so that they still, they, Still felt like they were getting a unique experience um, that was, um, you know, it, it was innovative, it was creative. They were able to tap into different talents as opposed to just doing, you know, the okay, we're doing, you know, this Google Meet, we're doing these notes, we're submitting this on Canvas. So um, I think that the model actually helped us out a lot last year because we had a very strong freshman cohort and we pretty much uh, retained the entire cohort going into sophomore year, which we felt very successful about. And, and they were a great bunch. They, they, really, they really were. We um, loved them. And we know that if we had had them our, in person, then they would have also been amazing. But um, but the, I think the virtual aspect, like Mike keeps saying, it helped parse out some of the um, some of the day to day things that may have gotten in the way. Whether you know it's just us trying to get into the STEM lab, setting norms and regulations, um, you know, making sure that everyone is where they are. They were on they were on their computers. They were doing our project virtually. There there was nowhere else for them to go. So um, I think that actually we thrived in the virtual setting, which I didn't expect to be quite honest. Um, I'm always a doubting Thomas, so I did not expect it, but I was pleasantly surprised. 
I knew when we when we got the go for PBL, when we knew we were going to do it, that we were going to have an advantage uh, as far as being able to provide something meaningful and unique. Uh, it was just a matter of kind of un, unveiling the different unknowns through that process. But um, back to uh, what Joanna was saying about the group we got, it was a combination also of the recruitment we did into eighth grade and the fact that the group, the, our strong group last year was the group that had it, was the first group to have it in seventh grade yeah, uh, when we started PBL. And I remember when we were doing our gallery walks and they were doing warm and cool feedback, mm -hmm. they were all over it. They mm -hmm. knew exactly what to do. And I, mean, I was, I was, you couldn't see it because it was virtual, like, uh, but I was like glowing, man. I was just like smiling and uh, it was a great thing to see. And I would like to say, uh, going back to uh, the patio, what Bella did with uh, making the patio into that wonderful space is, you know, I kind of see it. I was thinking about this while you were talking, Karen. I, I kind of see this as maybe, you know, a hopeful symbol that we've uh, we've really started to make make a difference and uh, from what the patio was to what it is now. And that may be a symbol for what we have for the future. That was pretty. I sure hope so. And, and I think it's also kind of like we have this footprint now that's literally labeled as ours. Mm -hmm. And we've learned a lot. We've learned a lot. Yeah. And Shout out Jamboard, because who could have done PBL remotely without Jamboard? <laughs> Jamboard was awesome. I also want to say that we've had a great administrative team as far as support. Like Brian's here, Matt, Charlene. And, uh, you know, we've all kind of weathered this together. And Brian, you know, we I don't know if we said it, but it's just nice to know that we have you there that gets it and understands it and, you know, are, are, are there to support us. And, and Randy, thanks for your support. Always, always. We miss it. you guys. We miss, we miss yeah, seeing yeah. you and talking to you and hearing about, hearing what you think. And I hope we can bring that back at some point. Hopefully, yeah. That would be awesome. And I have a shout out. Um, I don't know if you guys realized it, uh, but early on, I spent a lot of time on the phone with Mark Aguirre. Mark Aguirre. <laughs> mm. He, he yeah. was like my, my, my PBL guru at, at that time. And I don't know if you knew that. But, um, you know, I just wanted to say how much I appreciate that. When you see him, tell him I said hello. Yeah, and Santos is my go-to person. <laughs> so shout out to him, too. All right, thank you all so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All guys. right. Thank you so Good much. Good everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. High Tech High Unboxed is hosted and edited by me, Alec Patton. Our theme music is by Brother Herschel. You can find links to some of the awesome student work from Cheltenham High School in our show notes. And I want to take a moment to mention the teachers and students at Cedarbrook Middle School, which feeds directly into Cheltenham High School. They have their own PBL program there, and while this series focused on the high school, I didn't want to end this without mentioning the middle school. Three Cedarbrook teachers, Isaac Sanford, Kristen Sanborn, and Debbie DiBattista, actually made podcast episodes for this show last year about teaching and learning during the first year of the pandemic. There's a link to those episodes in the show notes. Thanks for listening.